This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today we follow up on the extremely disturbing story we focused on yesterday. 86-year-old James Acker was badly beaten by a fellow resident with dementia at St. Joseph's Villa Long-Term Care Home in Dundas. We talked to his daughter, Tammy Carbino, yesterday, and she described how his attacker just walked into his room in the middle of the night and nothing was done or even noticed until her dad was found wandering the halls, bleeding profusely and disoriented. The facility's CEO had agreed to come on the show to tell us what he was going to do about this, but he backed out, claiming an emergency meeting, and uh, a spokesman did confirm that an inspector from the Ministry of Health and Long-Term Care is on site at St. Joseph's Villa now, or at least was on site as of 10 o'clock this morning. And Tammy Carbino is with us again. Tammy, hello. How are you today? Hi. Thank you, Libby. Thank you for having me back. And and how is your dad? He's doing better. He's definitely doing... I was with him last night after the meeting, and um, he seemed like himself. He was smiling. He was happy. He's confused. He doesn't understand why he's there. He hopes to go home. Um, but he was definitely better. He was back to um, himself. So that was good. Great. And so happy. That's that's wonderful to hear. That's yeah. really wonderful to hear. It was uh, much more worrisome when you talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a meeting at the home yesterday. Tell us what happened. We did. So we got the full report from um, St. Joseph's Villa Internal Investigation that they did. And I can tell you that story now because it's very different from the report that we were originally given by um, the RNP that was on staff that evening. Um, So my father, apparently two PSWs were um, on staff and one RNP. Um, there was one PSW down the hall where my bedroom or my father's bedroom is, um, where the resident left his room. The PSW saw the resident leave his own room, called out to him. The resident didn't respond. Um, the PSW saw the resident enter my father's room. She followed him. She was, they said, about five steps behind. Um, when she entered the room, she saw him beating my dad. She called out to him, screamed. She went out into the hallway and screamed for help to the other PSW, who then ran um, to assist her. They were screaming and yelling. Um, The resident continued to beat my father. And then suddenly, I guess, after so many yells and screams, he turned around and he began to chase the two PSWs. Then he went into another room. He went to attack another resident. um, And at that time, the RNP came and was able to redirect him. Uh, 
does pretty, that pretty pretty horrific it, pretty it, horrific scene right it it sounds like a horrific scene altogether uh, the, the question that i would have okay a a, a personal support worker saw this uh, resident, an older person who I'm assuming, you know, is not moving at lightning speed and was mm-hmm. right behind him. But by the time she got in the door, the, he was already in the midst of a beating that 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 kind of doesn't quite um, add up for me, honestly. There's a lot of things that don't add up for me, like it are the only tools that you have in your toolkit when, you know, trying to handle um, different behaviors with dementia is to screen out to them. Like, is there not something else that can be in place, like a whistle? Or, and when I shared this story with a PSW at the hospital where my father is, she immediately said to me, "What about the blanket method?" And I said, "Well, what what's the blanket method?" And she said, "You're supposed to." throw a blanket over their head to disorientate them and then pull them back away from the person. I don't know if that's in their training. That was never done. The only thing that was done was screaming and yelling, which, I mean, you've seen the pictures, Libby. Obviously, my father was beaten for a while. Yeah, yeah I mean, and the, the, the original uh, timing, I mean, I, I just, I find it hard to believe that mm-hmm. if... Uh, you know, a, a you know, per, personal support worker. Um, you know, I don't know how old the person would be, but you know, a person who's working full time is right behind an elderly resident. That so much time would pass by the time they open the door. I I just find that um, very odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. There's still so many questions that are unanswered for us as well, and. Nothing really seems to add up. I don't understand how the situation could get as severe as it did. And, you know, how if the PSWs are there to keep the residents safe, how they don't have better tools to de-escalate situations like this. Or, I mean, they shouldn't happen in the first place. Like, there shouldn't have even been an opportunity for that resident to get to my father's face. Um, it it boggles the mind. Uh, we received uh, confirmation from from Eric Hoskins' office that that an inspector from the ministry was mm-hmm. on site this morning. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't. No, we haven't heard anything like that. And and where did they leave it with you at the home? Um, of course, our main concern is you know, what sort of safety measures are going to be put in place so that this type of thing never happens again. And um, Derek Bernardo and David, I don't know his last name, uh, CEO, he, uh, along with Jennifer Banks, the chief nursing executive, said that they would, um, you know, put a proposal together and investigate or look at things like advanced training for their staff um, possibly using different technologies. Um, I understand that, you know, people with dementia can be triggered by noises. So my question to them was, if that's the case, like, why don't the staff have whistles? Like, could a whistle, something as simple as a 25-cent whistle, have 
you know, startled the resident that he would have turned around and walked the other way. Um, so these are things that we're looking at. Um, that's basically where it's been left. We're just waiting. And and are you are you, are you going to um, uh, send your father back there? We are. We sort of. Well, we don't have so many options, unfortunately. Yeah, that's uh, the situation most people are in. Yeah, yeah. This is the problem that there's a limited amount of beds right now. He's in the hospital and he's improving, so he will. We do need to, you know, come to some resolution really quickly. I personally, both my mother and I do not feel that we will ever feel like my father's safe there again, obviously. So we'd like to have him transferred somewhere else. Um, and the home did promise, um, Derek Bernardo promised that they would help advocate on our behalf and, and, and you know, help us with that and help us get him into the home that we choose. I'm, I'm so, assuming that you've, you're getting some legal advice as well. Of course, yes. Okay, we we don't need to go into that here, um, obviously. But um, uh, yeah, uh, I certainly would not blame you for for feeling that he is not safe there. I guess the question is, I mean, I I I don't know your reaction to all the other callers yesterday, but I was kind of stunned. And you know, this this is not just a problem in one place. Honestly, it completely breaks my heart, and I want to thank everyone for the outpouring of love and support, and also thank you, Libby, for shedding light on this story, because obviously it's a huge issue. Thank you for sharing it. It's really important. It affects a lot of people, and uh, frankly, you know, when even when we think about what will be waiting for us, it's, it's yeah. huge. It's huge. So thank you for being so open about it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the only reason why we decided, you know, to share our story is to shed light on it and to demand answers and change within the homes because, as we heard yesterday, this is happening more more than we realize. And um, you're right; it affects each and every one of us. Okay, <laughs> so it's something that can't be overlooked. Uh, hold on, Tammy. Let's bring in Candace Chartier, who is the president of the Ontario Long Term Care Association. Hi, Candace. Candice? Hello. Hello, Candice. Are you there? I'm here. Uh, Candice, I'm assuming you've been listening to this. Uh, yes, I have. What's your reaction? Oh, well, first, I just want to say no one ever wants to experience a loved one being hurt, and my thoughts go out to everybody impacted by an event like this. I am truly sorry that this did happen to, uh, to your uh, loved one. Thank you. And, uh, uh, you know, you've heard the explanation, and uh, what do you have a comment, Candace? Well, I mean, any incident that takes place in a long-term care home, um, especially an incident of resident-on-resident uh, resident abuse, is treated very seriously, and every operator has a duty to report to ministry, and as per the legislation, I think what what is important is to understand that when we look at the number of seniors and the number of homes across the province, really incidents of abuse are not that common. It's it's far more common to hear of residents doing well and being well cared for. It's just you don't really hear those things in the news. 
I think what you're seeing and what this um, is a result from is the change in the population of who we're looking after today. We're not looking after the same residents we were even looking after um, two years ago. The the incidence of dementia has increased from 62% to almost 90% in the last couple of years. That's, that's, that's absolutely correct. I mean, the, it sounds like the personal support workers in this case, they, they were just not trained for a situation like this. And we, we are always being assured that the people working in these places are trained, but it doesn't sound like it. Well, I think because over the past five years, you've seen such a considerable change in the care needs. So the residents coming in are much more frailer um, with the high incidence of dementia, along with needing um, a lot more care because they're so, so much more sicker than they were. And so there is a program, Behaviour Supports Ontario, that, um, that we, the government, had introduced, and it works very well in homes. And it's for that reason that we as an association are pushing the reason we need specialized staff in the home to support their care journey. So Behaviour Supports Ontario, is it's just it's not available in-house in all the homes in the province. And you want it to be available in all the homes? Yeah, because the in-home team, teams, such as those that um, are found in the BSO program, um, I've had the privilege to uh, tour homes and see the success uh, of these teams. What they do is they focus their time on upskilling the existing staff supporting efforts that are geared at improving the care for residents with dementia. And the research um, that that we've been doing shows that the in-home teams are two to four times more likely to help reduce challenging behaviours, which we firmly believe that is far more necessary than simply adding more staff across the sector. Well, it's adding the right staff. Uh, Tammy, what's your reaction to what you're hearing here? Um, So I did speak to Jennifer Banks, who's the Chief Nursing Executive at um, St. Joseph Grant, and they are a part of, they are using the BSO program, and their staff does have training with the BSO program. So I'm not really sure, you know, what the BSO program entails, first and foremost, but why did this situation escalate as it, did, as it did? And Lydia made a really great point. You know, we're talking about an elderly person walking down the hall. The PSW saw him walking down the hall, approaching my father's room. Why was there not some sort of intervention before he got into the room? before he had the opportunity to beat him. And I don't know if you've seen the picture, but we're not talking one or two punches. We're talking 10 to 15 punches to a man's head, including bite marks on the hand. The the, the pictures, Candace, uh, are on our website, and they're, they're yeah, really I've horrible. They, I, I have seen them, um, and it, it is devastating. It's Exactly. I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not only... There are different models of the... Behavior Supports Ontario, and let me just explain that the in-home model, and I I can't speak to this home or this case, but the in-home model, what it does is that every resident is approached individually, especially with a diagnosis of 
Alzheimer's or, or related dementias and an individual plan is put in place and medication mapping and behavior mapping and um, technologies are used and every aspect of that resident um, yeah, but Cand- Candace, Tammy's Tammy's just telling us that, that this is available in that care home and yeah, it seems not models. to have worked. Yeah, there, it, it depends. Like That's why as an association, we are looking at one specific model. That that home could have BSO, but it could be an outreach team. It could be so. It's it's important to determine what kind of program they have before you can say whether. Um, oh. Before I could even speak to it, okay. I'm speaking specifically in the home. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, we are talking about and following up on that horrible case of resident-on-resident resident violence. We first told you about yesterday, 86-year-old James, James Acker attacked in his sleep by another resident at St. Joseph's Villa long-term care home in Dundas. We've been talking to his daughter, Tammy. She's met with the home. They've given her another version of the events. Um, let's go right to the phones because a lot of people have something to say. We've got Leslie in Aurelia. Hi, Leslie. Hi, how are you? Fine. You're on the air and we're listening. Yes, I would just like to say um, I work as a personal support worker and that the young lady was talking about if we had a whistle and or something like that in regards to keeping the residents safe. Well, we were... We had a uh, resident that was um, violent towards other residents. So our um, director of care put in place, um, it's an alarm we each carry. It's about a, it's the size um, of a toonie, I guess. And you pull it apart and it makes so much noise that it disrupts everybody. And, and, it, and it's very helpful. And we're not allowed to not carry them. And then if there's any indications that a resident will hurt anybody or another resident, they get a one-on-one person with with that resident, so everybody's safe at all times. Uh huh. And this is even overnight. Do you, they have a one-on-one person with yes, them? Even if, even even if it's, I work actually mostly nights, and I have generally thirty residents under my care, so I have an RPN at night. I have my alarm on me all the time. Plus, if you do have a resident that that they, a one-on-one will be sitting outside of their door, because a lot of these people don't sleep at night. You see, they they wander a lot. So I felt secure in my job anyway. Well, and and this alarm you carry, and it works. They just—it's like the size of a keychain. Yes, it absolutely works. It, it's like a, it's almost like a fire alarm going off. It's so loud that it it just throws everybody in into a kill. You know, stops everybody in their tracks. Tammy, do you have anything you want to say to that? That's I mean that's amazing. That's something as simple as that. Like I. Those were the questions that I was asking last night. Has this not been investigated? When they, you know, when the president last night said to me, they are triggered by noise, I thought, so could this have been so easily stopped by something as simple as a whistle? And now that you're, thank you for calling in and confirming it. Yes, no, absolutely. It would have stopped them because they would have absolutely been redirected because you you couldn't do nothing else. But I wish I knew what they were called, but... When they got them, they're not cumbersome or anything, but I feel very comfortable when I've got them on me. 
Yeah. It might disrupt everybody around, but I'd rather that than the disruption that you're going through. I'm sorry to hear about that. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Leslie, right. thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, you're welcome, Lizzie. Thank oh. you so much. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. 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 Um, let's go to Diane in Dunville. Hello, Diane. Hello there. Um, I'd like to, um, I don't know, maybe playing devil's advocate here to a certain degree. Uh, my heart goes out to those that are looking after all all of our frail seniors. Um, and, you know, especially what's happened to this lady, this is just terrific. But there again, as you see, if we cross-reference, we learn something, and that's the problem here. Because families, even in the caregiving situation, before they reach the, those homes, are not legally able to make decision-making processes each and every time. Now, this is done different. Harvard is teaching it different, and Boston, they're teaching and it saves money, it saves the system, it, it saves all these problems. And they're part of the picture. They know the back history, they know everything that goes on with them, and they can assist in making decisions about where these people would be safe and what they could do. The other side to this, too, is are we surprised? W5 just put out a report where you had these parolees going in and there was nothing they could do about it, and they were attacking people. Um, you know, that hasn't been fixed. 2010, they put a hotline out where they said they wanted to uh, people to report their problems that they were having in the homes. 40,000 people. Did anything happen? No. Okay. Thank Hello. you for your call. Hello? Hello, yes. Thanks for your call. Oh, can I tell you more? Uh, no, because we're about out of time, and we're, we have time to take one more call. We've got Marion in Dundas. Hi, Marion. Hi, Libby. I worked at St. Joseph's Villa many moons ago, but when it started out as a retirement home and then eventually turned into what it is today, uh, there is a very difficult situation to correct because nursing homes are way too big. They are housing these seniors. There is more dementia. How do you get that under control with staff? Almost impossible. Because if the place is large as St. Joseph's Villa is, the place is top-heavy with the bureaucrats at the top. But really, it is a home for people with dementia, aging people. That's where the dollars should be put, or they should not be housing that many, because there are a lot of angry residents. I was there years ago, but they were ones that were throwing walkers at each other years ago. It is not new, and this will only escalate the more you put in the place. They need smaller homes. I think when a builder's deciding to build uh, a survey of houses, my mother-in-law was in a small home in Ancaster in the middle of a survey. It is more human. It is more sensitive to the seniors. They need to stop this large housing and put more health care aids because then you wouldn't need the monies for heating a big place, cooling a big place, with top bureaucrats running it, and the basic need of those people are health care aids. Okay. Marion, thank you so much for that. Definitely, they should be looking at it. Uh, when a builder is building a place, they should have a part settled in their small homes, spread out. Okay, Marion, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I 
Tammy, thank you very much. And Candace Chartier. Uh, Tammy, uh, we have to go. Do you have anything you want to leave us with today? I just want to respond to something that Candace Sharpier said, and she said, this isn't, we're hearing this, you know, horrific story, and it's not as common as you think, and I think she's wrong. I think she's really wrong, and W5 did talk about or report on 1,500 cases last year of resident abuse, not necessarily resident unresident, but one incident of abuse is two, one too many. I agree. Uh, I, I'm sure. I think you were referring to the previous caller. No, uh, I'm sure Candace agrees. One is too yeah, many. And uh, Tammy, I'm going to have to let you go now, but we are definitely going to be following up with this and watching it really closely, uh, probably doing an, uh, an edition of the Zoomer on this. So uh, we are on this. We're with you. And uh, all the best to you and uh, to your father and to your mother. Thank you so much, Libby. Okay, thanks. And Candace, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And once again, so sorry for your experience. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.